Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. You can grab your seats. You know, it's good to say the name of Jesus without it being a cuss word or something. It's a beautiful name. Sometimes all you can do is just say the name. In that moment, you can't say anything else but just calling his name. You know, if you're on the, you know, on the road with a car or something, in a family situation, that's a good name. So, this morning, we're doing week two of a short series on identity and purpose. Dan laid a great foundation last week on identity and purpose, and this morning I'm finishing up on that. And I called this morning, Identity and Purpose, the Relational Connection. Because I believe it's fundamental to how we are structured, how we live, how we should live, relationally. And so this morning when I talk about family and relationships, it's not just your family of origin. It includes that. It's mainly that. That's how we all start off. But it includes your community. It includes the people you commune with every day. It includes the relationships in your everyday world. So it's not just family, but it also includes your relationship with God. He's a relational God. You know, through the pressures of COVID, we saw so many high suicide rates, hopelessness, loss of purpose, loss of identity. Why am I here? Why am I stuck? Lockdown. I can't do what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm being cornered, snookered. I need to get out. And we saw people struggle with these things. And so Dan said it well last week as well. If humanity looks outside of our Christian faith as a framework for identity and purpose, it will always lead to an inferior outcome and to discontentment and restlessness. So I believe if, you, if you're not in harmony with God or in harmony with your fellow man, you're going to be restless. You're going to be agitated in life. And it's really going to affect your core to the point that you, you're going to you know, question things because it affects us in that deep inner part. So before we read a few scriptures, I want to read to you um, a quote. This was a research paper published in 2021, in the European Journal of Social Psychology. So this is secular. And if you're watching online this morning, welcome. And this is for you, no matter what age, no matter what generation, no matter where you come from, this is for you this morning as well. So this journal read, while the family shares key features with other social groups, example being a collective with shared norms and values. It is the first group for the majority of people, one to which they tend to have a lifelong membership. Commonly the most critical foundation for well-being. The most critical foundation for well-being. However, the mechanisms of belonging, support, meaning-making, continuity and efficacy, as opposed to the bad stuff also, loss, exclusion, shared emotional pain, discrimination, 
within family groups are shared with other groups as evidenced by growing literature. Research shows that family identification is associated with greater life satisfaction and collective continuity, lower depression, lower stress, lower post-traumatic stress, lower psychological distress, lower paranoid ideation, lower loneliness and sleep problems, lower financial distress. This is due to a family's fundamental influence in most people's lives and the important role family support and family identity play in buffering the impact of life's stresses. So much more I can read. But in the end, they talk about this sharing is beneficial for children's sense of self-identity, providing historical context and helping situate them within family narratives, thus furnishing them with a sense of place, safety, and family identity. So even the world knows family is so important. Relationships is vital to who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. And that's why the enemy knows it. And he's going to fight you on it every single day of your life. The key, most important aspects of our life you're going to find is going to be under threat most often in your life. So, identity. Let's look at a slide there. Look at some scriptures. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Like God, our image. If you look in a mirror, what do you see? You don't see yourself, but you see an image of yourself. We are like God. He's made us like Him. That's amazing. It's profound. Romans 8, 16. So I love the scripture because it shows us we start off from identity. We don't have to search for identity on enlightenment right at the end of our lives. We know immediately who we are. When we become born again, it says God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is. We know who we are. Father and children, fundamental in our identity. God establishes that relational connection straight off the bat. We don't have to look for relationships. It's there. It's embedded in who we are. Genesis 2.7, God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. If you look at the original Hebrew translation, it, it actually means man became another speaking spirit. How can you have another if you don't already have one? God, speaking spirit, and he made another one. He made us speaking spirits to commune with, to relate with, to speak. How did he bring the world into existence? He spoke. What's our job? To speak and create. So, we are made in a unique fashion. We are not just random material, or we didn't evolve from an animal randomly. You are selected, like Dan said last week, you are chosen for a specific time even. God made you, you no mistake. He formed you in the womb. He knows exactly who you are, and that's where we start. 
That's our identity. Uniqueness like God. So purpose. Let's look at the next one. What am I here for? So identity is who am I? And purpose is what am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over. From the start, we had a purpose. From the beginning, God wanted us to do something. First of all, he wanted us to relate to him. And secondly, he wanted us to be busy, to be blessed. The enemy, like I said earlier, the enemy knows this from the beginning. That's why he'll fight you on this. He'll fight you on being blessed. He doesn't want you to be blessed. He doesn't want you to be fruitful and multiply. But we should do it anyway. Fill the earth. Hang on a minute. Fill the earth. That's a bit contrary to what we hear lately. The world's so full, we're going to run out of stuff. When God made us, He's not taken by surprise right now that we're getting about, you know, there's a few billion people on earth. He said, fill it. We're doing what He said we should be doing. Stop worrying about it and do what He told you to do. Subdue it. Subdue, I think subdue is a missing piece in a lot of Christians' uh, understanding. Subdue. Subdue means to bring under control. So from the very beginning, before the fall, he said subdue the earth. Bring it under control. It's God's way of saying, Satan coming, enemy coming, opposition coming. So to have dominion, which is the last one over, you're going to have to put up a fight sometimes. The enemy is not going to roll out a red carpet for you and say, good day, come on through. No, he's going to fight you on these things. And a lot of it has got to do with how we view our own purpose. If we see ourselves like God in his image, we will have confidence to operate and do what he's told us to do. So to paraphrase, this is the JC version, not Jesus Christ, Jacques Ronier version. As another speaking spirit, made in God's image, our purpose in life is to primarily relate. Before you do anything, before you get busy, just be. Be in a relationship with God and man. Just sit and soak it up and enjoy it. It's a status given to you like mercy and grace. Be. You don't have to do anything else to earn. Be. Our secondary purpose is to rule and create what I just shared with you. God charges us, gives us instruction, rule over and create. Bridges, little mini-me's, all these things that we have been busy doing over so many thousands of years. All for his kingdom's sake. Not for me, myself, and I. Not for my glory. Like the enemy said, for his kingdom's sake. So, Bolswick King and Rhymer said it very well in their book. Next slide. Thanks, guys. From a Trinitarian theological perspective, 
The purpose of life is to be in a reciprocating relationship with God and others. As such, it's our understanding that the goal of spiritual development is to experience intimacy with God and then also with man. Members of the church, Christians, should commune with each other in the same way through the Holy Spirit that indwells the hearts of people living in a community. But this intimacy got railroaded at the fall. And ever since, man's been playing catch-up, but God had a plan of restoration. So Mark Sayers says it too in a very good way. Welcome to the 21st century where you can now purchase and exchange personalities depending on your mood and circumstance. We are told you can be anyone you want to be. And identity is no longer based on the sense of self in God, my paraphrase, but rather in the imagery you choose at the moment. And how easy it is with the web to jump into fantasy world and be anonymous and explore. And when we leave God out of it, to fill our restlessness and our voids, we start using fig leaves, don't we? We try and do it ourselves. We try and become pious or virtuous in our own right to save ourselves. And this is what scholars call moral formation rather than spiritual formation. Morally, we try and be good people. We know something's wrong, so morally I need to do something about what I experience inside. But when we miss it without God, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. Isn't it? It's noble. It's noble. But it doesn't get us far. Jeff Nagel, local man in Australia, says, Our 21st century Western post-modern post-Christian consumerist society is in the full throes of an identity confusion pandemic. One of the main reasons we don't know who we are is because we don't know why we are here. We don't know what we are here for, and we think it's normal. And it shouldn't be normal, this confusion. But over the years, we've drifted, pushing God away, that has become hard. And the further the world pushes God away, the harder it becomes for people to realize their own identity and the beauty and the love and the harmony that God has for them in their lives. Last quote, Dr. John Coe. Moral formation is the most common and seemingly effective human solution to the problem of sin. And this sin is the fall. This is humanity's internal problems, not just stuff we do wrong without having to become aware of how to deal with it before God. We confuse moral formation with spiritual formation, and it gives no nourishment to the soul. And that's why I said it always leads to an inferior outcome, discontentment, restlessness, agitation. So Dan had a beautiful cross slide last week, and I thought, we've got to bring the cross in again. And there you can see from the beginning, God's plan was good, very good. So this is God's purpose, harmony, love, peace, unity, relationship. And then man's choice brought about the fall. 
And then God's like, okay, I'll, I'll do it again. I'll restore harmony, love, peace, unity. And even today, it's our choice. It's still our choice. If you want to f- go in with God's redemptive plan or do it your own way. But I think it's very clear. I've done it. I love talking to people about my life because I've done it so many times so wrong. I always say, you know what, the examples I give is how not to do it. And I've learned. And it's brought me to a place where I've learned how to do it. I've learned it doesn't work without God. I did it for many years. That's why I'm talking out of my own experience. Restlessness, loneliness, confusion. That's me. I've tried it. You know, the last census we had, the most recent census, it's the first time in Australian history where Christianity has not been the majority religion ticked anymore. We are moving away from a landscape where people have any context to Christianity. The two most common topics in the media about Christianity is for the wrong reasons. Royal Commission and the church in decline. That's the main topics in the media that you'll find about the church. And that's why we call to be the salt and light of this earth. And for me, you know, it, it's, it's a sad indictment why the, the world might think about Christianity as in decline or irrelevant. Because sometimes if we don't showcase the real transformative power of God in our lives, it is seen just as any other social club that we're part of. We might as well just choose on a Sunday, RSL, Workers Club, Nippers, or Church, that it's become so irrelevant. But like I said, in my own life, the transformational power of God is evident. I can't deny it. There is power in the name of Jesus. He set me free from addiction, from anxiety, from mental health issues. I've lived it, and I can, I'm here to tell you it is real. And I can tell you categorically as well from the leadership team, we're not here to sell raffle tickets on a Sunday just to fill the seats. We really believe in the transformational power of God. And we hope that you will join us on that journey. So just quickly, I want to talk about a few ways that... uh, we can use as remedies for identity and purpose. The first two is, if you are a parent or in your leadership or you're in authority over a person, how do you help someone in their journey towards identity and purpose? Two quick things is, the first one is impart and the next one is affirm. Impartation. If I look back at my own life as a young kid, I was a pastor's kid and I went through this. Impartation. Impart in youngsters, impart in people. If you're a life group leader, impart in people. Impart in them what you've learned about what true identity is, godly principles of identity. 
parents, it's your job to raise your kids, not the school. Technology, I'll just, you know, I'm in education. We see what the stats that comes out of it. Electronic devices is harmful to your child's identity and purpose if it's abused and not used in the right way. And one of the things, don't give them a device when they go to bed at night. You think they go to bed. But the reality is, if they've got a device with them in their bedroom when they're supposed to be going to bed, they won't be going to bed. Our culture is pessimistic about life. Climate change is the new gospel, but it offers no Messiah. What's our response to that? Jesus said, sure, things will get a bit crazy in the end. But there's hope. There's always hope, isn't there? Because he's getting closer to coming. Lift your eyes and behold, your redemption drawing near. That light just blinded me as I looked up. (laughs) Number two, affirm with your words. Speak life. Words have life and power to them. Don't bruise a kid's ego. Bring security in your home. Speak life to people. And then lastly, I just want to talk to you about three key things. If you are working through identity and purpose. And the first one is seek. Keep seeking. The Bible says, knock and it will be open unto you. If you're not satisfied with your identity or purpose, keep seeking. Keep walking through that desert. That desert experience is there to bring you closer to God. It's there to strip you of your old nature and your old habits and give you a new identity. Don't rush the desert experience. If you rush it, you are stripping away some of the benefits that God has for you. That desert experience is helping you form your identity in Him. Keep searching. I was there. I've done that even throughout my years, throughout my whole life. And sometimes you just need to go back and searching God. Search for restoration of relationships. There's one thing that's worse than unforgiveness and bitterness, and that's regret. If you can't make amend anymore. Whilst you still have the opportunity, seek restoration with your family members, with your friends. Forgive. Let it go. It's not worth it. If you're in a position where it's too late, where they've died, or it's irreconcilable, give it to God and move on. It's stripping you from true identity and purpose and fulfillment. Number two, be. Be before you do. And that was me. As a pastor's kid, I always felt for my whole life, unless I'm in ministry full time, I'm not doing God's will. And I never realized up until about 10 years ago that I can just be and God's happy with me. Before you do, 
God stuff be. Be a child of God. Be happy that you're just a child of God and there's nothing else required. You know, 10 years ago, like I said, the church we were at went independent. I lost my credentials as a pastor. All of a sudden, I'm not called a pastor anymore. I had my own business, lost my last big client. The enemy telling me, you're a failed businessman. My wife's pregnant with Nathan. We've just bought a mortgage. The enemy's trying to tell me you're not going to be a good dad to be able to provide for them. So we moved to Macquarie, this church, and we sat at the back. And it was the first time in my life that I just told God, I can't do anything more for you. I'm just going to be. And we just sat and warmed the seats. And God said, good, now I've got you. Now you're my son. Stop worrying about doing. You're okay. You're accepted. And the last one is dwell. The progression that I've taken you through. Seek, be, and then dwell. Dwell with God. Daily, podcasts, worship, read the Bible, read the book, pray. There's so many external forces coming at you. Dwell with God and dwell in community with your fellow believers. You will remain restless and agitated if you try and do it on your own. Get with God's people and get with God. So I want to pray with you this morning. Because I know the Holy Spirit's working. Family, what a loaded word. So much good can come out of it, but so much hurt also comes out of it. Struggles. So I want to pray for you this morning. Just close your eyes. And I want you to open your heart and just say, Holy Spirit, I give up. I give in. I'm going to forgive. I don't want to spend my life in regret with a woulda, coulda, shouldas. And God, I'm coming back to you. So Father, this morning, we thank you. Redemption is possible still today. We're never too far from you. And every heart that is open to your Holy Spirit, we thank you. You come into every nook and cranny, every single innermost part of our being. And you restore, you set free, you make whole, you deliver, you heal. We give you free reign in our hearts. We're no longer going to 
keep that area from you and think we can do it ourselves. And if there are people here this morning, your identity suffered because you've walked away from God. You've never made God your father or you've walked away from him. As a prodigal kid, you've said, no, I'll do it on my own. If that's you, just raise your hand. And I want to pray with you this morning. You're saying, I'm coming back to God. I'm going to come back into restoration in that relationship with Him. Anyone here this morning? So, Father, we thank You. We thank You for Your restoration power. We thank You for transformation power to transform our lives. We thank you for joy out of knowing we're a child of God, of the Most High God, and you've got a great plan for our lives. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit McCroyLifeChurch.com.au.